When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies. And today's episode is hard to categorize or define. We talk about my guest's birth story, but we also talk about yoga and what role it played in her pregnancy and in her parenthood and in her birth. But we also talk about loss. So I wanted just to put that trigger warning out that we do talk about a rainbow baby and we do talk about placental abruption. So if that is something you don't want to hear. We have many other episodes I think that would be great for you. But let me tell you a little bit about my amazing guest. So I have Dr. Chelsea Jackson Roberts. She's an internationally celebrated Peloton yoga teacher and a new mother. Highly regarded as a leader in a new generation of yogis, she's passionate about making yoga and meditation accessible to everybody. Widely recognized for her work with yoga and teens, Chelsea founded Yoga, Literature, and Art Camp at Spelman College Museum of Fine Arts in 2014, which later birthed her nonprofit, Red Clay Yoga. And she's been part of the Peloton family since 2020. I had a really fantastic, fun conversation with Chelsea. She opened up and shared parts of her birth story that she said she has never talked about publicly. And I was really honored that she felt this was a safe space to dive into that. And as a listener, I'm really confident you are going to feel the love in her heart as she shares her birth story and experience, as well as her passion for how yoga has impacted her life and how it's really been her lifeline through challenges, which I think we can all relate to. So I'm really excited for you to hear that conversation. Now, before we get to that, I always like to give some studio updates. So we are now in the middle of the summer. We're about to dive into our September-October prenatal teacher training. We always release the membership site a month ahead of time so that the students have a chance to really dive into the work and be prepared for our weekends together. So we're on the brink of that. And we offer our prenatal yoga teacher training three times a year online so that people from all over the world can be part of it and participate. And then once a year in New York City. So you can check out our website, prenatalyogacenter.com if that interests you. And of course, we're keeping our prenatal yoga classes online and in person. And it's just great seeing the community flourish and grow and go well beyond the walls of our amazing studio on the Upper West Side. So check that out for online classes, in-studio classes, prenatal, postnatal. We got you covered. We have a whole on-demand library of our workshops. So lots of good things. And then the last thing I want to share is always a 
Thank you. We are hitting 21 years here in New York City as a yoga studio, and we couldn't do it without you. So thank you for being part of our community. And as part of our community, I really take it seriously of what you want. So if there is a podcast topic or a speaker that you think would be a great fit, let me know. Or even an idea for a workshop or a blog, let me know. This whole space that we've created is to serve you and to bring you into the community and hopefully feel supported throughout your journey through pregnancy and parenthood. So again, thank you. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, please enjoy my conversation with Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? Hello. I am well. I'm really excited to chat with you. So you are now my third Peloton instructor I have spoken with about pregnancy and birth. So this is going to be really fun. Nice. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Yeah. I had Anna Greenberg come on. She actually did our teacher training and and was with us during her pregnancy and same with Kristen McGee. So I know know your team. This is great. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. I did take a bit of a deep dive into your Instagram and I, as I mentioned, I'm on Peloton a lot. So I've taken your yoga classes. So I've gotten to know you that way, (laughs) but I'd love to learn a little bit more about you and, and what led you to yoga. Sure. So I am actually a former elementary school teacher. I am a teacher by, you know, my undergrad, graduate school, And I decided to practice yoga when I was in my first year of teaching because Mm. if if anyone is listening out there and is a teacher, they know the demands, especially in public school, um, education and communities that it's quite demanding. And so I started practicing then fresh out of college. um, And then after I decided to practice, I wanted to become a yoga teacher. And so Mm -hmm. I did a yoga teacher's training in Atlanta, Georgia, where we did the training over the course of six months um, on the weekends and during the evenings during the weekday. Fast forward to, um, you know, being a school teacher, I decided to integrate some of the things that I was learning in yoga spaces into the classroom when it came to breathing techniques and even just taking moments of stillness and stretching. Mm-hmm. And so after I um, tapped into the the impact that it was having on the students, I decided to apply to graduate school again. I'd already gone to Spelman College in Atlanta and Teachers College, Columbia University, and I decided to apply to Emory University for a PhD in educational studies. And that's where I really um, took a deep dive into how yoga impacts how we learn, how we communicate, and how we process information, especially our youth. And so Mm -hmm. I I did that, and I became a global ambassador for a major apparel brand and toured the world teaching yoga and meditation, and 2020 came, and I found my way to Peloton Mm. and scene. (laughs) (laughs) And then soon motherhood, which we're going to dive into. Yeah, yeah. I bet at some point, well, let me ask, do you think you're going to teach your son yoga at some point? Well, you know, Noble gets it honest. I was pregnant. I taught all the way up until three days before Noble was um, born. And so I think that Noble has been practicing yoga already. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. My son just last night, he is almost 12 and I have been doing yoga for 
ooh, like 25 years. So definitely pregnant with him <laughs> while doing yoga. Yeah. And just last night he said, will you teach me a yoga class? And I said, uh-huh. I have been waiting to do this <laughs> since the day you were born. Because every time I say, let's do yoga, he's like, no. So. Uh-huh. It was really sweet. So I got to take him up on that. So (laughs) let's dive a little bit into your path of motherhood. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Sure. Well, you know, I am a first time mother. My husband, Shane and I um, just gave birth to Noble on the 21st night in September. That is going to always be his birthday song, Earth, Wind and Fire. (laughs) (laughs) And So, you know, this is my first time stepping into motherhood and Shane, Shane's first time as well. And I knew, I've always known that I wanted to be a mother in some way, shape, or form. And I also knew that Shane and I, you know, we've been married since 2015. And we knew that we didn't want to start our family immediately. And that was a chance that we were taking. Um, but, you know, it. fast forward to now and just celebrating our eight-year wedding anniversary and our first coming up on our first year as being parents. And so, yeah, I always knew I wanted to be a mom. That's amazing. So I know that Noble is your mm-hmm. rainbow baby. Yes. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that, but as well as being a yoga teacher, your whole career at this time, it's about connecting to your body. Mm-hmm. So how did you find acceptance and surrender and healing after that loss? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was very transparent about Noble being a rainbow baby because I know that there is power in sharing our stories because it gives folks the courage and normalizes, you know, loss. And mm-hmm. it was a tremendous loss. And Yoga has certainly taught me to embrace and feel it all, including the suffering that we encounter in this lifetime, because it allows us to be expansive when we tap into the joy as well. And Noble is certainly a joyous reason for me to reflect and think about that process, think about how yoga supported me through the process, think about how You know, I still had to show up on camera and teach a yoga class, not had to, chose to. I took my time after the loss. Um, And I definitely had a community of support. I had, you know, shared the story with some girlfriends of mine. And just as I'm sharing the story now, it, it impacts people in a way that reminds them that they too can share their story. So. Mm The more that I shared, the more that I found out that folks who were friends for decades, I didn't know that they had experienced loss. So it was Mm -hmm. just power in that. And I'll be honest, my yoga practice, for sure, in the beginning, in my early 20s, um, I've shared the story about how it supported me in navigating the loss of my best friend, um, Mm -hmm. who I lost to gun violence. And it shows up. In those times where, again, where I'm really full of joy, but then also when stuff is really tough and yoga and meditation definitely was um, was essential to, to that healing process as well, as well as therapy. I was in therapy as well. I have a supportive partner and I shared my story with my friends. That was how I got through it. Did you, well, I had a miscarriage between my kids and I, And this might not be the the case for you, but I found that I was, it's going to be harsh to say, I was a little disappointed in my body and angry. Mm -hmm. 
And, and I don't know if that is universal. I've actually never really shared that. And I'm wondering again, as somebody, your body is your instrument as Mm a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. Did you have any conflicting feelings? Well, I mean, I think that that is what is so hard about yoga in general. When I think about the hesitation, the the curiosity on the one hand, but also like people are terrified of yoga, not just because of, you know, sometimes the images that we see that you have to be super flexible, which is not true, or that you have to be really strong. That is not true, like physically. But what I find is that people are hesitant because it forces you to be in direct Um, understanding of what your body is experiencing in that moment, whether you're listening and feeling the breath or noticing how your joints are feeling. And so that's what was hard about experiencing loss because I do this thing called yoga every day that makes me super um, aware of everything that's going on. So I couldn't run from it. I couldn't run from the disappointment. I couldn't run from, yeah, that feeling of like, is my body betraying me right now? Like I had to go through a process of forgiveness, which is what I tell my students sometimes in class. Like when we're in child's pose, this is your opportunity to have a conversation with your body. This is an opportunity for you to forgive your body, forgive yourself for what you said to your body. And so, yeah, I'm human. And that's the reason why I practice yoga because it supports me to this day Mm -hmm. with things that I have never experienced before. Yeah. Thank you. So how did you use your yoga practice and meditation to help you prepare for birth and parenthood? Mm -hmm. Well, that is still to be continued. I'll check in with you in a year and see how it's going. You check in with me every milestone (laughs) stage and all of that, and I'll let you know how it's going. But for now, (laughs) it's going great. I mean, I'm glad that I have it compared to if I didn't have it. No, it is not easy. It is not perfect. I am not, you know, I do not have it all figured out by any means And that is so humbling. And I'm so grateful that I get to experience something in life that, you know, when that's what we always say as yoga teachers, we're always a beginner's mind. Like that is where I live. I don't want to get to the place where I am the master of it all because that means that my work here is done and Mm -hmm. it's over. Like I want to continue to evolve. And Stepping into parenthood has certainly been the ultimate um, stepping into evolution or evolving or, you know, growing. Um, I was reborn when Noble was born. And so, yeah, it has certainly prepped me for the unknown, a.k.a. the blowouts that (laughs) no one could have prepared me for. Emotionally and actually physically. (laughs) Exactly. It has prepared me for... Those nights where I was like, wow, we're up at 3 a.m., son, together. And what can I understand from this? Or how can I be present for this? And I'm so glad that I had that tool. And it's not always so beautiful. Like, I always had this this image of motherhood just being so angelic and <laughs> you know, just, like, float around in my nightgown and 
You know, like no. that nightgown that has spit up on it, and you haven't showered in three days. Is that nightgown? <laughs> that nightgown. And so yoga reminds me that you know the yoga begins now. That is one of the sacred texts. The yoga sutras. The first sutra is the yoga begins now, and yoga has certainly been the preparation for the ultimate yoga practice of my life, and that's motherhood. <laughs> So when you were pregnant and teaching, how did that feel to be on camera pregnant? I look at myself sometimes. I will, I am that person who plays back their classes to like, Oh geez, that's hard. Like some people are like, I cringe when I hear my voice, but I am like drawn to like, what can I work on? Who am I? What, what is holding me back? Like I want to workshop myself. And so like, I look back specifically at those classes when I'm pregnant and I told Shane, I was like, sometimes I cannot believe I was pregnant. It was such a moment of ultimate presence. I was so present in my body when I was pregnant that now that I'm not, I felt like, I feel like I was, I was so present that I can't even tap into it right now because I was in the moment so much that I wasn't even thinking about what it would be like to not be. Yeah. You know, I also remember like when baby is moving, talk about being present. You're like, oh my my gosh. gosh. Like like I really have a hard time taking myself back to that moment. And, you know, my dream is to have a sibling for Noble one day. And Mm -hmm. my thing is just like, I'll be pregnant again. Like it's just like so in a dimension far, far away to me. And that's my experience. Like in some people, when they saw me pregnant, their initial thing was, oh my gosh, I remember it like it was yesterday. I don't remember it like it was yesterday. Wow. It's so wild to me. Yeah, well, so much happened since you gave birth. Like the beginning of parenthood yeah. is just so Yeah, I feel like the space in my brain yeah. has like been filled with just like <laughs> right now being present. Like yeah. I, that's why I think I'm so present that I can't even go to any other dimension in time right now. Well, I would love to hear your birth stories. We're going to take a <laughs> super quick break and we come back. I'd just love to hear how it all went. Okay. We'll be right back. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. All right. So if you don't mind sharing your birth story, I get so many comments when people hear birth stories because it just normalizes the experience. So mm-hmm. I'm going to just hand the mic over. I'd love to hear well, the whole thing. Well, I will start with a disclaimer, trigger warning Okay, um, for anyone who has a hard time with conversations, especially that involves blood. Um, oh, and okay. I, yeah, I want to, I'm going to give it to you. So yeah. I was, it was quite traumatizing. And, um, I took a while to even be able to speak my birth story. And now also another disclaimer, it's not so traumatizing that you're just going to like fall out of your seats right now. Like it's just, I want to be sensitive and aware 
that people can still be going through like being pregnant right now. And I know that I had a lot of anxiety, especially after experiencing loss that every month, every second was just like, is he okay? Are they okay? Like, I just wanted to make sure. And so I mentioned that I taught yoga three days before Noble came. Well, Noble came early. Noble came at 36 weeks. And we found out that Noble, as he does now, which is always wild to see the thing that they did inside of you, you see them do it outside of you. (laughs) You're like, that's what you were doing? Noble is a kicker. Like, it is like amazing how strong his legs are. And I felt that inside. Noble kicked his placenta loose. Oh, geez. And he was disconnected from his lifeline, which was the food, the everything. And so I woke up and I felt, I, I, because I was so attuned with my body, something felt different. Something didn't feel right. I rolled over and there was blood in the bed with me and Shane and I just remember getting up, I was walking in circles and I went to like the, in my mind, like, oh God, like what is about to happen? And I tell this story because I had to remember everything that I teach and I went to my breath. I remember just standing still, taking a deep breath, closing my eyes and exhaling. And from that point on, we were laser focused and getting to the hospital, called the doctor, got there. We thought that we were just going to be there overnight for observation, but Noble wanted a theme song for his birthday, and that is Earth, Wind, and Fire September. Noble was born on the 21st night of September, and we had no idea that he would be that early. Um, But he wanted to get out, so he said, can I kick it? Like Tribe Called Quest, and here we are. (laughs) So when you got to the hospital, did they immediately know it was placental abruption? No, they didn't know. They didn't know what was going on. And so they, you know, checked my vitals, his vitals. He was fine. And so they were prepared to, like, keep me there overnight and send me home and see me when it was time to go when it was game time, um, because his heart rate was fine, everything. Luckily, I had stayed overnight because that next morning his heart rate started to decline. Mm. And that is when we went into an emergency C-section. And I was terrified. I was scared because it was not my plan. And back to yoga, Yoga has taught me how to navigate, especially in the unknown, especially when all of your plans are thrown out the window. And from that point forward, I do remember calling on all of the tools. Like, it's legit, y'all. Like, I'm not just out there (laughs) just telling people random breathing exercises. I had to put them to work. And this is my first time publicly sharing my birth story. So thank you for asking On the one hand, yeah, it was traumatic. But then on the other hand, I'm so grateful that I had these tools that I stand Mm -hmm. by and share that really helped me navigate it with a clear head. Oh, thank you so much. That I think a lot of people are going to really appreciate that. And I also really appreciate that you talked about using those tools for a cesarean. So when mm-hmm. when I teach, because I teach pretty much only pre and postnatal yoga, and mm-hmm. a lot of our class work is movement and sound and mm-hmm. different coping skills. And I've had students that say, "Am I going to use this 
if I have a cesarean? I'm like, well, you're not going to be, you know, moving. Um, <laughs> you're not going to be doing some cat cow. But right. it's that mental focus oh, and that cool. groundingness of the breath or or mantras like I'm okay or this too shall pass or whatever it is. That's where the yoga of it really right. could come in. It doesn't have right. to look like how we often think of birth because a right. cesarean birth is still birth. Right. Absolutely. And that is so important. And what I, I was so grateful for was that I can connect now with my students that I may not have had a connection with in that way. Like I wasn't, I didn't prepare myself. I didn't research what a cesarean, I just didn't, I didn't know what to expect. And so not feeling anything from the waist below, like and still reminding myself that I am a whole person who can breathe and be aware of sensation. Yeah. And so I think about my students. I had a student who was para- paraplegic, didn't use the bottom half of their body. And not to diminish or minimize their experience, but for a few hours, I didn't have feeling and I had to remind myself that I am whole mm-hmm. in this moment. And so... Yeah, it was a wild experience and I'm grateful for it. It was scary at the time, but when I look back at it, I know that I was prepared for it. Do you remember what was going through your mind when they're saying like his heart rate's dropping, we need to do a C-section? I was just, again, laser focused like at that point because I was already panicked in the beginning. Mm. What came, I was panicked. Like I just need to get to to the hospital. And that's what I was saying that in that moment, I found my breath. I found my anchor. And so when they said it was time for a cesarean, I do remember though, my body shaking And then I remember what I learned through research about how our body responds to a traumatic experience and how it's trying to reset itself to the point before the trauma happened. And so I was just like, whoa, my body is having like this animalistic, very natural response to this trauma right now that also became a birth story. So that trauma became the triumphant moment that I was just like, yeah, yoga and meditation actually work. (laughs) Yeah. How, how have you processed that story? Cause it came about so out of the blue, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) 36 weeks. You're like, wait, what what we're doing? (laughs) This is what we're doing now. Like I was concerned. I remember processing like would Noble need any interventions because he came so early, but he Mm -hmm. didn't. Like he didn't need any um, support with his lungs, but I was prepared for that if he needed to. I remember trying to not go to the worst case scenario, which is what I actually do. And it is, you know, safe space moment to be honest with folks who listen to my meditations and take yoga with me. Oftentimes I'm told that I'm just so comforting, that I'm so grounding Y'all, I'm doing this work too. I have teachers <laughs> as yeah. well who take yeah. me through these processes too. I probably wouldn't be as dedicated and committed to these practices if I didn't really need to call on them. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of anxiety naturally. I do. And that's why I practice yoga and meditation. And so my mind could have gone to the worst case scenario, but instead I chose to breathe. 
And instead, I chose to trust that I have a partner who is going to support me. Instead, I trusted the medical professionals who were going to care for my baby and, and me. So like all of it, it's a domino effect. And for anybody who's listening out there who have con- considered yoga and meditation and thinks that it may be a waste of time, the way that it saves and rescues me in moments of time is just outweighs, you know, the time that I have to carve out to jump on my mat. Like yeah. it was an action in that moment. Oh, I'm so glad you had all the tools, like the the tools emotionally, and then also the tools of your of your birth team. That's amazing. Yes. yes. So, do you want to talk a little bit about your postpartum mental health check in? Because I know I read some of that information you do on your Instagram. So, what does that look like for you? The most challenging part, I will say, in my postpartum journey. And you mentioned it because I my body is so centered in the work that I do and I'm on live TV um, pretty much. It was really hard to in real time be vulnerable and have the world, my students, whomever was tuning in, mm-hmm. walk with me through the experience of returning to my body only, like I'm not going to return to the same body by any means, but it is a different body that's no longer carrying noble. And so now I'm like getting back to the body that was pre-carrying noble and I'm not doing it alone. And it, it was humbling. It's humbling to get into child's pose and my joints have shifted after pregnancy. And I've been so used to my joints being a certain way for over, you know, (laughs) my entire lifetime. Yeah. And now this phenomenon has happened to my body and I'm like, I can't explain it. Well, I guess I got to use the props that I tell everybody to use. Yeah. I found it very humbling. (laughs) 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 I remember after. What what are my shoulders doing? What, what are, (laughs) What? Yeah, it was. I actually, from after my first, I had quite a labor, and my pelvic floor was in a quite a state. And I found coming back on the mat, I'm like, this is not what I remember it being like. Right? Yeah. And I'm just like, and then, and then also, there are moments like I was holding a plank in a power slow flow the other day that I was teaching. And I went over time. Like I was supposed to only hold it for 45 seconds. We were in there for a minute 30. And I was just Ooh. like, whoa, well, look at that strength. And it's just like, yeah. That's impressive. I would have been shaking that much time. And if I was in the studio with you, I'd be like, okay, when are we done with this? Exactly. Yes, I'm sure I got a thumbs down on my ratings that day. <laughs> a lot of curse words thrown at the screen. But hey, we're killing yeah. it out here postpartum. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. So when parenthood may feel a little overwhelming, I know I'm guessing you probably come back to the breath, but do you have any specific tool that you call upon to center yourself? Well, I just took a deep breath right then. Okay. And, you know, I have to step outside, but then... What if outside is not an option? I'm in New York City. Mm-hmm. We are getting a lot of the wildfires from Canada. And 
there was a couple of days where we couldn't go outside. Yep. Where outside is usually my anchor, like being on the grass wherever you can find it in Manhattan. Like looking at the trees sway, like that is my anchor. Grounding. I, nice. Yeah, yeah. When I need that, and then when I don't have that, I look out of a window. And I want to make sure that my feet are touching the floor. And if that's not accessible for some, just your your body in some way, shape, or form is touching the ground. And it's just my connection. I say it a lot, allowing the earth to hold me. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm around, when I think of it that way, that the earth is holding me, like when I feel like nobody else has got me, like I'm like, the earth is holding me right now. Like, oh, I like that. Scientifically, the earth is holding me. Like I'm a woman person of faith. Like I can think the, that the universe, that God, like all those things. But if I don't believe in anything, and I always tell in my gospel yoga classes, like this is for all faiths or no faith at all. If you don't believe in anything, just know that the earth right now has got you. Oh, like and that. that's what that's what I go to when I feel overwhelmed. I'm oh, like, I, like that. I support. So what's been your favorite part of motherhood? Mm, the newness of watching Noble discover himself in the world. Mm. Like whether it's him hearing his voice for the first time in a certain way or touching the leaves of a plant, like it's just seeing the world through his eyes right now, Mm. because I think that the world can get overwhelming. I think it can get, I can get very um, (sighs) cynical sometimes or just not, not hopeful because Mm. I'm very attuned and grounded in the reality of life. But the beauty of it is there as well. And I see it a lot more when I take time to experience it with him. That's beautiful. And I think at least from my experience of seeing things through, my kids are older. I have a almost 12-year-old and a nine-year-old and I still get that amazement of watching them oh, yeah. see I mean, and interpret for the first time. year olds eyes is still keeping it young for me these days. <laughs> 12 is great. Like, I, I would love to talk to a 12-year-old right now, like, just to understand <laughs> what, what what's your take on life right now? You know? I bet it will have something to do with YouTube if, if you ask <laughs> Exactly. But, you know, listen, it, there is something really beautiful about interpreting, because we all come as, you know, as parents, as adults, with our own bias and our own history, but then seeing someone experience something for the first time, Mm -hmm. even as they get older, it is just, that's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite choice too. So I'm glad that you shared that. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'd love you to offer one final tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer new and expectant parents. We'll be right back. So we're back. So... What is floating to your mind as one final tip or piece of advice you'd like to leave new and expectant parents? Okay, there's one piece, so maybe two, because the one is don't listen to anybody. Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, seriously, listen to folks, especially people who want to, to offer support. Take the support you cannot do it alone, I promise. That also reminds me to to bow down to folks who are doing it alone. Mm. 
and to remember to find the ways to to create or co-create a community of support for yourself. You know, and I don't take it lightly that I have that, but it is also work to trust that community. And then I would say the part where I would say don't listen, I think there comes this moment with the excitement of parenthood, but then also this reminder that it's hard. And to the folks that kind of want to give the spoilers for what's to come, like, oh, just wait until they're two or just wait until they're... And it's almost like this doom and gloom. Like I'm like, y'all, I don't need that right now. I need to really have something to look forward to. And so even you talking about your 12-year-old, and it'll probably be about YouTube, that excites me, you know? <laughs> like, that is a... It's curiosity on my part of like, oh, I wonder what it is about YouTube. And so don't listen to the folks who want to paint parenthood like it is just this the hardest thing in the world. It is, but it can also be one of the most rewarding and happiest times Mm -hmm. of your life. Um, And so just remember that. I like that filter. Have a good filter. Have a good filter. Where can people find your work? Absolutely. So I am Chelsea Love Yoga in most places. So Chelsea Love Yoga on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. And then you can find me at Peloton. I teach yoga and meditation there. And just so you know, you don't need the bike or a tread to be a part of our community. And you can try it out free for like 30 days or something. But I would love to have you um, as a, a support for myself as I show up and practice each day I'd love to practice with you. So yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to Peloton. They have an app. Um, I don't know how much it is a month. That's a conversation I've seen on Facebook, but it can be real. I use, um, I have the bike, but then when I jump off the bike and I do my yoga and weights, I use the app on my iPad and it is, and I'm (laughs) folks, I'm not getting paid by Peloton to say this. I just love it. But I'm always hesitant to do this because I don't want to sound like a commercial, but (laughs) this is legit how I can see you every single day. If, if you're feeling this conversation. Yeah, I've had, I'm very, I'm a bit of a very picky yoga snob, um, having been doing yoga for so much of my life and teaching for the last 23 years. Yeah. And I'm very picky of who I study with. So I just started um, taking your classes. I also take my friend Anna's classes because she's awesome. And Kira, um, those are my favorites. So I was putting that out. Love it. <laughs> well, this has been such a joy getting to know you. So thank you for sharing your story and just for being being part of our community here. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed this as well. <laughs> this has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.